0: This is Carla Jack Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Burke. Hi, this is Joey Barton. And am Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kuehl. And you you're listening,
1: listening
2: to, the to The Score.
1: The Score, with Michael Clark. I'm a man.
3: Welcome along to The Score with me, Michael Clark. We haven't much left of the domestic league seasons across the top three tiers in Northern Irish football. We know Larne are the champions, Lockall are the champions, and Bangor, well, they are a point away from being, yes, the champions. From Bangor, their talisman, Ben Arthurs, the man who's been banging in the goals left, right and centre for them, he's nominated. For PIL player of the year he will be on the show today we will also be looking at things at lock all great for the villagers they are top of the pops and returning to the premiership after quite a while away their manager dean smith joining me in just a moment's time to reflect on a title winning campaign and shortly on the show we'll be also looking at the bottom of the premiership is this the weekend Portadown down Come off the bottom, they travel to Stangmore Park. Huge match where the ramifications are massive. It could be the end of the road for Nal Curry's men, as far as their top flight hopes are concerned, or it could be their biggest step yet towards surviving the drop. It's all coming up right here on The Score.
4: The Score with Michael Clark.
3: Tell you what, these weeks are coming by quicker and quicker at the moment. Fast and furious, maybe it's just all the football matches I'm attending. Blink, and then you're in another football ground. But hey, that is really the life. I am loving it at the moment, being treated to lots of action. Tonight, it is Inver Park for me, where Lauren, for the first time in the club's history, we all know when they were founded now. Sing it along, children, 1889. Yes, indeed. 134 years ago, the club were established and now they will be lifting the Gibson Cup tonight. Friday night when they take on the outgoing champions, the team who have won the league the last four years but have not been able to do it for a fifth year in a row, in Linfield, who are needing to, if they can win, and secure their place in Europe for next season. But a point will take them halfway to doing that. They need two points in the last two games Assuming, of course, that Torren are going to win their remaining games, which is not a given. So, Lauren Linfield, the Friday night action. The Saturday match is a North Belfast derby for you. Cliftonville against Crusaders at Solitude. No more Paddy McLaughlin. He has stepped down and up steps Declan O'Hara to be the interim manager. And I'm not saying this in any way in terms of the match, but best of luck to Declan O'Hara. Um, Cliftonville through and through. Great servant of the club and, well, he's been doing the media the last couple of weeks now. He's taken charge of the team, so I don't know if he fancies himself the long-term successor. They may have eyes elsewhere, but Declan is the man to try and keep the the good ship Cliftonville steady. It's been a rocky few weeks for them as they take on their big rivals in Crusaders who, uh, well, Crusaders really are focused on the Irish Cup at this stage in Cliftonville will not be just as concerned. I wouldn't think about the remaining two league games as they will be the European playoffs, but you want form going into those, so that is not to be discounted. Glen Torin are at home against Cole Rain, and they know if they want automatic European qualification, they want to put the pressure on Linfield, they will be, I'm sure, keeping an eye on proceedings later on to see just the scale of their task and how possible, if indeed possible at all, it remains by 3 o'clock on Saturday. Elsewhere, Carrick Rangers against Glenavon, which um, I'm also going to be at that one. At one stage, that was a match where teams were wondering who will get the last spot of the European playoffs, but we now know that it is Glenavon who have secured seventh. So, well done to the Mournview men. They come to Carrick with the pressure off. Duncan and Swifts against Portadown, we will be talking about on this show shortly with the Portadown manager, Niall Curry, and Newry City, Ballymena United. This could be the weekend Newry City are confirmed... As safe in the top flight. But Balamini United feeling better after getting their first league win in quite a while. A couple of months now. Uh, they don't want that stat to be repeated, regurgitated ad nauseum. They finally got it off their back by getting the win over Dungan and Swifts. Who interestingly enough were the last team that they defeated in the Premiership. So that is your top flight matches for Saturday afternoon. And this weekend as well the Northern Ireland Football Awards Big Glitzy Gala Dinner taking place in City Hall in Belfast, who will be the award winners. Just to quickly, very, very quickly run you through the categories, PIL Player of the Year nominees, Ben Arthurs, who, as I've said, is going to be on the show later on, Ian Parkhill from Myola Park, and Alex Pomeroy of Limavady United. The Championship Player of the Year's uh, nominees are Matthew Ferguson from Harlan Wolf Welders, Ben Murdoch of Lockall and Adam Sally of Ards, And the Revy Solicitors Manager of the Year, David Healy, League Cup win. Uh, Will it be European qualification as well for Linfield? Stuart King after an incredible season with Carrick Rangers, where Europe was on the cards for so long and relegation was practically not a discussion. So he's really raised expectations at Carrick. And Tiernan Lynch, league winning campaign for the first time in Lawrence history in the top flight. The Danske Bank Young Player of the Year nominees, Terry Devlin of Glen Torrin, Sean Moore, of Cliftonville and Donald Scullion of Newry City three excellent prospects the Danske Bank Women's Player of the Year nominees and Jolie Andrews of Glen Torren Caitlin McGuinness of Cliftonville and Emily Wilson who last season was at Crusaders now is a Glen Torren player as well Um, and the Dream Spanish Homes Player of the Year nominees all of these to be announced on Saturday at this event Philip Lowry of Crusaders scoring goals for fun from midfield Leroy Miller many people say the signing that really changed Lauren's hopes and aspirations and possibilities from a team that finished fifth last season to title winners this. And Matthew in the top scorer in the Premiership, a man who has been just superb for Corain. So those are the nominees. You can have your own thoughts. I'm sure you already do about who might win those. But I don't have time to sit and debate them. It's time to get our first guest of this week on.
4: The Score with Michael Clark.
3: Now let's talk to a league winning manager I wonder has it sunk in yet all are officially Premiership bound after securing the Championship title their manager Dean Smith back on the show to chat all about it Dean always a pleasure how are you keeping?
1: Yeah, Great thanks Ed. a lot better after Saturday yeah. <laughs> as I said we're really glad to get it done and thankful it's, it's been done early and it doesn't go down to the last day and it's not a it's not a nervous two weeks.
3: It must be some contrast in emotion where you are now compared to last season, and what was going through your mind.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, I think last season it was it was gut wrenching. I've said it a few times, that more so sure for the players because it worked so hard to get themselves in a position that you know would have murdered a playoff at the very least. And uh, we were disappointed with it with the points deduction. And again, this year I think they've used that as fuel and they've went on and. And May A's right, rightfully won the league.
3: The stat that was shared by your club on social media, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it's no secret commentators. Love a wee stat. Eighth manager of Loch to win a league title. Fifth to win league title as both player and manager. First to win a senior status league title. History.
1: Yeah, look, I'm I'm delighted. First of all, I'm delighted to win the league, and obviously, anything, any records that come along the way, you're obviously delighted you can do it. So that that's one for the for the history books, and one that that's very close to me because obviously the first player and manager to win a, a senior title. So yeah, we're we're delighted.
3: I mean, has has that sunk in yet? We can talk about it, but but do you actually realise what you and your players have done here?
1: Probably not, to be honest. You know, it'll, it'll years to come before when you look back and go. Really, we, we did that, you know. So, at the minute, I think you're in this bubble, and it's it's still about <laughs> trying to trying to sound as professional as possible, but finish the season out as best we can, and and get to the end of the season. And again, in a few years, when, when everything settles down, and, and you look back on it, you go, yeah, we actually done that. You know, some of our stats, I think we broke nearly every record for the club in terms of goals conceded, goals scored, points gained. You know, so we're <laughs> we're sort of trying to make as much history in, in for the club as
3: possible. And then the smallest settlement in Europe to have top flight status just thrown into the mix too?
1: Yeah, I only, only found out a few weeks ago. It was, <laughs> it was, somebody, it was actually somebody random uh, tagged me on a, on a tweet and I was like, really? And then... You know, it's obviously snowballed from there, but it, it really is crazy, and I'm sure you've read it somewhere. Like I said, I've, I've said it loads of times. We actually make up a tenth of the population when we train and lock all. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy <laughs> to think that we're, we're that small. But you know, you look at the club and in terms of where it has been and where and where it has come from, and the facilities that the club has got. Yes, it's a very small village, but the facilities is, is second to none.
3: And people were asking me on social media about this I know you have been asked the question but just in case anybody's missed what you've been saying Lakeview is it able to be a premiership ground as far as you understand?
1: At this moment in time it's not but it will be ready for the first game of the season that's that's what I have been 100% told by the, the board and, and, the, and the chairman uh, there's a few wee bits and pieces of work needs done which will start on the Monday after the last game of the season and will be finished pretty soon so uh yes, is is a long answer. Uh, it'll be ready for the Premier, the Premier League, or the start of the Premier League season.
3: So, presumably, you have to nominate a ground in the event that something goes catast, you know, catastrophe occurs. But you're you're confident.
1: Yeah, look, as I said, we've asked this question, you know, from literally the start of the year because we obviously had that great start of the season, and and when you're sure to sit at top of the league, you know, players do ask, and you want to give them a. A truthful answer so when you went and spoke to the board and the chairman and he was like look if we get there we'll play our games at Lakefield and uh, look all the plans are in place all the building works ready to go we're just waiting on the on the season to finish and that'll be the work started for, for the start of next year and yes as you said well thankfully uh Glen Alvin have allowed us to, to put their won view park there one view park down as a as a backup let's just say but hopefully we don't need it
3: and in terms of the work, what actually does need done? Is it just wee bits and pieces, or is it fairly significant? Yeah, it's
1: it's it's very little to be honest. It's a uh, U-turn what will be at the at the way end, uh, a toilet block, uh, and as far as I'm aware, just just sort of tidying up the ground in general, you know, sort of tarmac and a bit at the at the way end, and very very little in terms of, of structural work. Uh, they are talking about putting a stand down at, at the back end of the goal, but. That's not needed for the criteria to go up, but I think they're still looking at it in some capacity. So, yeah, there's not an awful lot of work needs done, just a, just a few a few things that to tick the boxes.
3: Is that a, a difficult thing to do? I mean, how how dependent are you on having a, you know a good club secretary and good chairman and all that sort of thing when you're trying to get all the paperwork done? Is it challenging for championship teams or teams outside of the Premiership to try and meet the grade?
1: Uh, I'll be honest, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> look, as I said, the, thankfully I have a really good board and chairman, and, and Sagartay, and, and they go about that end of it. And you know they've, they've kept me informed along the whole way, and and they're really confident that you know the first game of the of the season, if we're at home, will we'll be at Leicestershire Park. And you know that's that's all you can take as their word. And as I said, the works ready to go from the last game of the season. So uh, we're, it'll be exciting times ahead.
3: Oh, will tell you what, there's other managers listening to this going, Dean gets to delegate. How the flip has he managed that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Six and a half years.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, congratulations, must we'll go to Ben Murdoch. He's been nominated for Championship Player of the Season. I'm sure you'd be saying there's a few of your boys that could have been up for the call.
1: Yeah, look, I'm, I'm obviously biased. I, I think there's quite a few that should be up for the. You know, Ben, for us, has been obviously your captain, and from the day he's come into the club. He's been nothing but professional and and uh, a fantastic leader and a fantastic player. And I think it's it's a a well deserved uh, nomination. Uh, obviously, I'm being biased. I think he should. I think he should win it. But you know, first and foremost, he, he's got nominated, and it's just it's just nice to see that other people are recognised how good he is.
3: And that is uh, well, it's a great sign of the recognition in terms of being in the Premiership. You're about to get. All eyes on you again, you know, and that—that that is the—that is the thing, isn't it? As well, because now you, you if, if you think, gosh, not enough people are seeing what we're doing. Everyone will see what you're doing next season. Are you ready for it, the good and the bad?
1: Yeah, look, we have to be. We, I think for any manager, or club, or player, what they want to be at the highest level possible. Uh, we're we no different, and and we want to go into the Premier League and and enjoy it, and be and be professional, and, and show people what we're about. But you know. I keep saying we haven't won some random competition to, to be in the Premier League for a season you know we're, we're there and we want to go and give a good account of ourselves and, you know, and, and be honest and stay up
3: Does that mean quite a busy summer for you whilst the, the board are making sure the pitch is ready are you having to um, you know make a few phone calls and, and see what other talented players are about?
1: Look I'm, I'll be honest the, the players that have got us there uh, have been f- phenomenal this year, and uh, they will obviously get the chance. But like like any club or any manager in any league, and whether they've got promoted or relegated, they want to improve the squad, and, and we'll be no different. We want to go and improve the squad in the right areas, and uh, we'll do that or try and do that over the summer. But you know, it's not about bringing in uh, just good players. We want to bring in good people because that's that's what our change room is about at the minute. It's it's a fantastic changing room. It's this team spurt, there's a real bond between the players, and at times this year that's that's probably got us over the line in games where maybe we didn't deserve to get the points. Has been the team spurt so it's about bringing in the right player, also.
3: Have you been able to have any celebrations? Have there been any parties, or, or are you having to yes. kind of curtail that? Be honest, uh,
1: there's maybe been one or two lemonades <laughs> uh, we've had since, <laughs> since Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say we, we had a we had a thankfully we got a bus up on Saturday to, to Dundala and. And we had a a few beer on the way back. last us just say it. It may be carried into Sunday, and for <laughs> for some, maybe Monday.
3: So uh, it's the under 18s this weekend playing at League Two against Warren Point, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely
1: not. No, look, they were all back in training on Tuesday. There was no, there's been no difference. There's been no nights off. And again, that that actually had nothing to do with was the players who were who were contacting me and I'm saying, look, don't change nothing. You want to train? Make sure we're we're in the Tuesday. So it goes to show how professional they are. And, at the minute,
3: well, they're. I think they're allowed allowed to, you know, have a bit of fun, uh, very, very soon from now. Uh, in terms of actually getting your hands on the trophy, it's happening at the last home game, so you've a wee bit of wait, but not too much.
1: Yeah, the, the last home game is the 29th against Ballyclare, so I think that's that's the day that the trophy will be presented. On. And to be honest, I'm I'm really pleased about that. You know, uh, the last the last game of the season that's at home. Hopefully we'll have a good crowd, and you know we'll be able to celebrate as as a club.
3: Do you uh, do you think that's going to be a, an incredibly emotional event? Or are you going to? I'm just thinking everyone's friends and family are going to want to be there because the the chance to to win a league isn't something that just comes around in everybody's career.
1: No, look as I said, it's something that we've reminded the players throughout the season. You know, these opportunities don't come about too often. You know, no matter how long you play football, unless you're very very lucky that. You know, you don't you don't win too many league titles and, and have the opportunity to win them. So, uh, yes, it was it it's something that we'll look forward to at the end of the season. And obviously, we'll get everybody's friends and family there and they get their, their uh, photographs and, and whatnot. But you know, for for me, it's it's about the people at at All who maybe don't uh, see or get the recognition that they deserve. The people who work in the background, the volunteers. You know that. That work so hard to keep the the club running on a day to day basis that, that you know hopefully that the last day of the season is for them.
3: And when you look at you know the quality of the league you're stepping into, uh, I'm sure you've been very impressed with what the likes of Lorne have been doing. <laughs>
1: yeah, as I said, I'm looking across, and to be honest, probably like most managers, you're looking on your wee bit jealous of the of the resources that they have, and them and Lendfied and Lenton. You know, obviously the full time clubs is you look across, and you know hope one day that your club will be able to do that but look as i said we're going there we're on a we're there in merit uh and as much as we 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 will respect them we want to give it a a right good going you know we all say we're not there to make up the numbers we we obviously believe in that we we can we can finish above the relegation zone so that's that'll be our aim uh, for the season coming
3: and when you look at your old gaffer, I mean, what a job Niall Curry has done to get them in the conversation for stand-up. We're going to hear from him shortly on the programme, but Portadown looked completely out of the equation. And I'm sure you're not surprised that he's managed to pull them back to within two points as they head to Stangmore Park this weekend.
1: No, look, I think if somebody had said to you, with two games to go, it's back in your own hands. And that probably hasn't been in Portadown's hands since you know, since a long, long time and for him to get it back in their own hands and, you know, if they, they know if they win their two games they're out of the relegation, the, the automatic relegation so it's a, credit to, it's a credit to Nell and a credit to put it down but, you know it's, I'm not really surprised to be honest
3: What is it he's about at... him? Uh, you, I mean, <laughs> what well, you, you can say it now, you know, use your peers nowadays <laughs> yeah, yeah, look he's, he
1: has that knack you know, he has that knack of getting the best of the players and, and you know been able to bring good players into the club and um, and get them settled in really quickly and get them up and running and that's what he that's what he's done at Porter Iron and again it's it's no surprise
3: you see, when you see an old manager, is it like, an, you know, someone else seeing an old school teacher? Is there still that kind of like, "All right, boss"? Or, or does it is it is it not weird? <laughs> yeah,
1: well, obviously, obviously, because we live so close, we see we, <laughs> we see each other on a daily basis. So it's not. It used to be gaffer now. It's just now, as I said. Uh, <laughs> but uh, look, obviously, I've got a huge amount of respect for what he done, at I'd like all him when I was as a player, and you know he's went on to prove it at a different clubs. So you know he's been on to it's not just a one off. So. And he's got an a Portadown, a club that I know is very close to him, and uh, he, he's doing a fantastic job.
3: And just on your opponents uh, for this weekend, Warrenpoint Town. I'm sure you're full of respect for them. Other, you know, teams are thinking: Are Warrenpoint this season good enough to win a, a promotion relegation playoff? What would you say?
1: Yeah, is is a, is a very short and quick answer. I, without a doubt, I think you look at their squad and individually and collectively. They've a, they've a fantastic squad of players who, you know, not so long ago were, were all playing in the Premier League. So, you know, they're not going to be overawed by the, the occasion of a playoff or, or who they play in the playoff because they were playing against them 12 months ago. So, uh, and they'll go into the confident also. It'll, it'll be, you know, they've won a hell of a lot more games than they've done last year. And it's that old saying when you're used to winning every week, you know, it, it does breed. Yeah. Uh, it does breed further wins and, and it's a complete flip opposite for the other team because if it's, you know, who it can be at the minute is Portadown Down and Gander and Uri. and again, they haven't won maybe that as many games as a leg two and again, I said, you look at the playoff from last year and they put it down. the, the annual playoff, it was, it was very, very close and this one will be no different
3: it can be so competitive and it shows you just the, the talent at that top end of the championship and, and obviously uh, it goes to highlight the achievements of any team your team this season that wins that league because it's a harder league to get out of as plenty of managers have told me down through the years so Dean you've done the job and congratulations to you I look forward to going to View next season
1: Yes, uh, bring the cream buns. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Dean Smith, the Lockall manager on the score. Dean, thank you. Thank you very much, Michael. The
4: score with Michael Clark.
3: Okay, well, that's the matters in the Championship taken care of as far as Lockall are concerned. They will be playing Premiership football next season, and congratulations once again to them. But. Will Portadown be in the Premiership? They certainly hope so. Let's speak to their manager. It is a massive weekend. Dean Smith says that the future's in Portadown's hands. You could definitely look at it that way. I wonder, is, is that the message from Nal Curry? Nal, how are you?
4: I'm not too bad, Michael. How's you? I'm
3: doing well. Uh, what do you think? Is the future in your hands as such? Two points behind Dungan and Swift's, them up next.
4: Well, I think uh, I think certainly a, a situation, Michael, where we would have absolutely dreamt of um, a few months back. There's no doubt about it. I think everybody, nobody was really uh, giving us a chance, and I think everybody had us dead and buried, really, and, you know, in January time. So, you know, to be in the situation we're in now, you know, and it's okay saying, listen, the future's in your hands and stuff like that. There, but you know, these these players have put together a fantastic run over this last uh, couple of months, and um, listen, in in between that, we've had our highs and lows and. We've had our ups and downs and stuff like that. There, you know, the the, the defeat against Newry, Newry City last uh, the other Tuesday night there it testifies to everything. You know, you have to be at your very best to win any game in the Premier League. And you know, we're hoping that we can go into we're going to a very difficult venue, point one, on on a pitch that Dungannon really really likes. So we uh we, we we go there and and as I say, we'll give ourselves an opportunity that nobody thought but would have, but. Uh, Listen, it's about us. It's about if we can go there and, and be at our very best. We know if we're at our very best and we've proved it this last two months. You know, we've had a run of games against the bottom six teams and done very, very well against them all. So um, we we know that uh, if we turn up on Saturday and we're at our very, very best, we we'll have a great chance of winning the football match.
3: And when you say, you know, nobody gave you a chance, I'll hold my hands up, Niall. When, when I looked at that league table... I thought, how does he manage this? And I know nothing's done yet, but the fact that you're in the conversation is remarkable. Was there ever any point where you thought we're not going to we're not going to be able to be in a position to do what you've done?
4: Yes, uh, if I was being if I was being honest about it, Michael. Yeah, you know, whenever we uh, we were doing our chopping and changing in the January window, and we're trying to free free some spaces up for new signings and stuff like that there. You know, it was always, uh, it was always a case of, you know, we're going to need a special run here to to get even within touching distance because even while we were bringing them players in, we had a run of games that was horrendous. You know, it was Linfield and Cliftonville and Glenthorne and Correa in the way and and um, so many, so many really tough games that that we had in a row, five or six, I think, from the top teams. You know, so we, uh, when you in that period there, while we, while the new players were coming in. And it was going to be a real baptism of, of real toughness. And and it was going to be a hard, a, definitely a hard shift. But as I say, you know, we, we sort of just tried to get through them games as best we could. And any, any, any points you picked up, Michael, was a real, real bonus. And unfortunately, we didn't pick many up, you know. But uh, we, we targeted, you know, we said to the players, you know, with the squad that we brought in, you know, can we challenge the bottom six teams? And I think that's, that was the mantra for me. We have to be on a par, or, or be as good as the bottom six teams, and, and be competitive with them. And I think we've, we've shown that um, we're at that there, Montreux and And as I say, we're at, at this present moment, we're as good as any bottom six team, in my opinion. And um, but ultimately, you know, we, have, we are still young in, in certain areas, and, and I think the Newry game showed that. You know, sometimes you can get a you can get a good um, pull me down, and that was certainly a pull me down that night. You know, so. We know we've 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 got to be at our very very best to compete against the bottom six teams, and you know the fact that Newry beat us, you know a couple of weeks back there is um, is a testament that uh, you need to be at your best.
3: And Dungan and Swifts are in a similar position to yourselves, where they're going look, this game is. You know, like a cup final. Basically, if they win that match, they avoid the drop and and, and they condemn you to it. So it's it's yeah. not like they're in a position to not give it their all either. So it's it's a humdinger at Stangmore Park. I mean, I don't know if neutrals really exist in football. They'll enjoy it. I think everyone else will have a heart attack for ninety minutes.
4: Well, it's going to be. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to have a, a pressure gauge on my blood pressure. That's for <laughs> sure, Michael. But um, I would certainly say that. Listen, there are two teams, and and what I can promise from our end is. I think you've seen the number of goals we have scored this last few games and and um, over the period of, you know, six seven weeks. So we, we 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 are always going on the front foot, and as we did in Saturday against Carrick, we went on the front foot. We went at it, and um, as I said, we're we're creating, we creating, we're creating chances. And with with McElroy back now and and in um, great form, you know, we know them two guys is going to cause them a lot of problems. So uh, as I said, our biggest problem going into Saturday's game, if we're being honest about it, is you know, out of our back threes that's been playing so regularly this last month and a half, two months. We've lost Paddy McNally and we've lost Barney McKeown and they're two huge losses, this, in in our back three. So we're going to have to shuffle the pack a wee bit and, and as I say, and and hopefully, you know, we're going to have to protect them guys that's coming. You know, they haven't played a lot of football, you know, so it's going to be a real difficult afternoon for them. But, you know, we're hoping that um, we can get the front foot and. We know our midfield and our and our wing backs and our and our two strikers are very very potent and, and they can cause damage. So we'll go on the front foot as well. Don I ever think everybody knows Michael how Don plays. play, and um, we're we're well we're well versed in it. So um, as I say, it'll just be a case of you know who who plays the uh, the match and not the occasion.
3: Easier said than done. Um, that's that's why you're a manager now well, and I'm is,
4: not. <laughs> it's just the fact you know we're we're going to have a, a, an unbelievable support there, Michael. You know and um. I'll be, I'll be selling that to the players. You know, I think we have buses after buses sold out, so it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. And and, and again, you're probably right. It's it's a cup final. It is a cup final. So a winner, a winner certainly gets gets us to the next step. You know, and and, and again, if that was ever possible, then you're going to View Park this round, stay in the league. So they are two really really tough games, Mike.
3: And yeah, and away from home to to Glenavon, whilst Dungannon, you know, their last two games are at home. So, uh, yeah, interesting to know. I know when the the split happened, they weren't particularly delighted at having the run of away games first. But um, you're finishing on two away games. Do you have any opinion on how the split has worked out fixture wise, or, or is it much of a muchness?
4: Well, I think I think to be honest, Michael, you know, us getting our first our first three games of the split at home was 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 huge to give us that wee bit of momentum, you know, and. Uh, Thankfully we have performed well in front of our, our supporters and well um, our away record, you know, against the bottom six teams isn't bad. You know what I mean? We've got a good draw against Balamina a few weeks back there and you know, listen, it's, it's to me I, I think that it's up to our support. I think our supporters will will give it as much of a home feel as you possibly get. Now we know Dungan's very good on their pets and stuff like that. So um listen, I just think personally, Michael, it's a 50-50 game and um, as I say Whoever turns up and whoever handles the occasion the best um, will come out and tap.
3: The January transfer window is, has been huge in terms of getting the personnel in, which has allowed you to get the results and, and get wins on the board and put you in a, with a chance of staying up. Just yeah. how crazy was your January? I mean, I, you look at the amount of players that came in, players that went out, but... I'm assuming there was strategy and you weren't just going, right, who do I know my phone beginning with the letter C, letter D? I mean,
4: yeah. I <laughs> what I, did that I think look I'm like? A wee bit more, I think I'm a wee bit more savvy than that <laughs> mate. You know, but um, no, we uh, we obviously had identified from the period that we came in, we identified the areas that we wanted to strengthen. And um, uh, we identified the players that, we, that were going to be part of the plans. And as I say, we balanced the bugs very, very well. If you talk to my board, they're very, very happy with me, put it like that. So um what we done was we've just identified the areas where we needed strengthening. And I think we've done that pretty well. Yes, we'll bulk we, bulked the, we bulked the squad out a wee bit to make sure that um I just felt whenever when went out outside our eleven that um the players coming on were, were um just they just um, weren't were what we needed. So um obviously getting the players in and, and getting McElroys and Brady's and, and Lee Chapman's and, and uh, you know, it was very, very important to get, the, to get the bounce of the squad right, you know, and obviously Mark Russell's really came to the party now. And as I say, we brought big, big in from Man United, the goalkeeper, who done really well initially and stuff like that. But, you know, I think it was important just to, to make sure the squad was bulked out with players. You know, we, we have now two players basically fighting for every position, Michael. And I think that was the whole, that's my whole crux of, Every squad that I build, and I think we've got real competition in all over the park now. We've, you know, we've we've got good midfielder midfield competition. We've got good striking competition. We're bringing O'Sullivan in as well. And um, down the wings, with Alberto and, and Lee on one side, and with have Jordans and Mark Russells and Matty Walkers on the other side. So the balance of the squad is much better, and the balance of, you know the, the the quality of the squad is much better in my opinion.
3: And you're saying, you know, the board are happy with how you're balancing the books because that's the one thing people outside Portadown are saying. If the worst happens and you are relegated, what happens to the squad you've assembled? Because there's there's some very experienced players there whom am assuming wouldn't necessarily be championship wage type players.
4: Yeah, well, I think I think you know to be honest, Michael. I think most all our all our squad bar one or two are are out of contract at the end of the season. So as much as listen, we're we're sitting down and we'll we'll obviously speak to the players that we we'll want to keep on board next season and try and do it within whatever budget it is. But ultimately, you know, other players who have uh, ambitions to play in the Premier League may just want to go and do that. So we'll prepare for every for every avenue, if you know what I mean, Michael. But yeah. um, listen, if we can keep this squad together, um, and um, then it's a pretty decent squad at the moment. It's a good bottom six Premiership squad at the moment, my mind. I've
3: seen some of the celebrations after the match. There's lots of, you know, big hugs and smiles and, and things like that. Considering how difficult it is and how much emotionally it must take from you, every high must feel incredibly high.
4: Well, it's, it's so high, Michael, if I'm being honest, it's because you know, again, you know, I value every win in the Premier League very highly and um, I just look at our our the support that we're still bringing the the games and this club's been at the bottom of the table from the very start of the season, and um, we're still bringing you know unbelievable support. So um, for me, coming off the pitch is it's, it's a relief, it's it's joy. And then I see my supporters and they're bouncing about the place, so overjoyed. So the fact that we've given them we've given them that hope that they thought that they didn't have Michael, I think has has really they've played an unbelievable part in in um, transforming you know the team on the pitch as well because. Our, our boys have definitely... We all realise the same part of the team talks that we have a 12th man now, you know, and, and, and as I say, 12th man can be so important. And they have dragged us through a lot of stuff this last couple of months. And, and as I say, the, the support numbers that we're getting for a team sitting bottom of the league is unbelievable. So, fingers crossed they can do the same again on Saturday, mate.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, and it seems... It's such a strange conversation to have in many ways now because there's an optimism about the place and that can completely change within ninety minutes.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the that's the realism of football, you know, that, that's the realism, you know, where everybody in the town's absolutely bouncing about the town with spring in their step and, and, and we're you know, everybody's smiling and enjoying it and, and um but yes, come Saturday, you know, it's as I say, you know, it's a, it's a reality situation. And the reality situation is, is that you know, for us to, for us to, to beat Dungannon, and beat Glenavon and win a playoff is, um, well, certainly go down in my book It's the best thing uh, that I've, <laughs> I've been involved with, that's for sure. So we know that it's still an enormous task, Michael. Uh, and I know people are saying it's in our hands now, but you know, football, ninety minutes of football is it goes very, very quickly. And if you don't, if you if you're off if you're off the pace or you're not at it for any period of time in this league, you're beat. Simple as that. So. We're totally reliant on, on our boys being being at their very best on Saturday and being at their very best against against Glenavon before we well, I don't even look ahead to be honest with you, Michael. You know, I'm I'm, I'm just going to all I'm focused on is the Dungan game, but we know we need to win. I think it's fair to say we need to win with was the uh, Dungan and having Ure at home and us being away at Mornby, I think we, we we're, it's, it's always certain and this is what we're telling the players that, you know, we need to do our end and we need to go to Dungan and win.
3: And that, I mean, for both sets of teams and their supporters and everybody connected, whoever comes out on top still has the relegation playoff, you know, eventually as in whoever comes out on top as in finishes 11th still has a relegation playoff at the end of it against Warren Point Town, who are, you know, recently a premiership team under Barry Gray, very, very capable of winning their two-legged affair. So it's, oh, it's, 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 it's incredibly difficult for whoever it ends up being, whether it's yourselves or Dungan and Swifts. It's um it's a, an amazing end of the season, but I don't know how you put yourself through it. Any of you managers, honestly?
4: I often ask myself the same question, Michael. <laughs> um, but um, listen, it's, it's just in you. It's just then, you. And, and as I say, you're 100% right. Um, I, remember, I remember whenever... Whenever Carrick, uh, we, we got up with Carrick and, mm-hmm. and we finished uh, second in the league, and we we'll had to go through playoff against Porter Down, and we we'll had to go through the playoff against Ards And I always said to my players, you know, the difference is is that, you know, we're in point of won a lot of football matches this season, and any team sitting in the 11th in the Premier have lost a lot of football matches. So I said to my team, certainly, that the momentum was always with, whenever I was Carrick manager, the momentum was always with us because we were going into them playoff games with confidence and with uh with the fact that we won a lot of football matches that season. So obviously that's that's a part of it. They'll go into the games, you know, Warren Point will go into whether it's Dungan or Porta Down, Warren Point will go into the game fancying it. And um it's gonna be no matter who it is against we're in point. it's gonna be a real difficult two legs, that's for sure.
3: And as a man that knows plenty about the the calibre across the divisions in this country, there's been loads to talk about Restructuring eventually the leagues and whether you would expand it or or change the numbers at all. Do you do you have a view on whether the Premiership should stick at t- at twelve, drop to ten, expand to a bigger number?
4: Well, I think I think to be honest, with you, um, with the, with the the the, the full time football that's coming in now, Michael, and I've said this before. You know, it's um, I think you can see by by Joel Taggart put a put a great tweet out there a few weeks back there asking how many points. The top six had, had, had or the full time teams or top six had dropped against you know the bottom half of the league, the bottom five, and what was it? One draw, I think it was, mm-hmm. they had 47 points or 47 games or something. So, I think that gap is uh, going to continue. Um, obviously, we ourselves and I think Dungannon and Glenavon do a Tuesday and a Thursday night, um, and um, you know a lot of the full time clubs are in twice a day. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's becoming ever ever so difficult for the bottom four or five teams. Like, you think of a club like Glen Alvin having a successful season, which they have had this season, in my opinion, finishing seventh. You know, seventh for a club like Glen Alvin, you know, or on Bologna and teams like that there, even Porter and and whoever, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's probably the best you, you can hope for, Michael. And that's that's where the league is at at the minute. And um, until we get a... a, a, a a sugar daddy or somebody coming in and and um and helping us out and, and creating a professional atmosphere, full time uh, atmosphere and a full time project, then it's always going to be a struggle, in my opinion. And I think the gap's going to get bigger and bigger.
3: So, if that were the case, would it be better to, to shrink the league and and look at it that way, so there's not as many teams, or do you expand it and then? well, the bottom teams have more teams to play against, if you like, that are of a a closer standard without patronising anybody? Well, I think...
4: It's a tough uh, one. Well, again, it's just my personal opinion, but I think full-time teams should be playing against full-time teams. I don't think full-time teams should be playing against part-time teams. That's just my opinion. I think the part-time teams will always, will be at a massive disadvantage in preparation, and fitness levels, you know, we've got our team really fit and competitive, and it can be, but we've also seen the gap when we got tanks by Glen and Six by Linfield and, and games like that. Yes, we drew the Crusaders in a the one-off there two, two three weeks back, but they're few and far between, Michael, and, and you know, it's, uh, it's very, very difficult to compete against full-time teams now for, for, for in a part-time, up, uh, part-time setting. There's no doubt about that, and I've heard Gary talking about it as well, and, you know, any, anything you get really from a full-time team now is, is a wee bit of a, a massive, massive bonus point. on on it. probably a shock to a lot of people, but it can be done, yes, in one-off games. But what I'm saying to you is, is, is if you look what what Joel tweeted there mm-hmm. um, about the, what at one point but, but in 47, I think that tells its own story. And I think it's just going to get bigger because the teams, the full-time teams are going to get better and better. And, um, you know, you seem, you, you can see with the way it's going that, um, you know, they're, they're snapping up all, all good young kids and stuff like that they have, have sitting in the wings as well. So tough, tough, tough league, tough decisions to make for everybody. I, what the best solution for Nipple is, I do not know, if I'm being honest, Michael. I just think that, you know, to have any, a real competitive league, and I know, listen, you know, it's, uh, you know, you have, you have you have teams in the Premier League who are, you know, Yes, mid-table teams, and then you've got your strugglers and stuff like that. But they're all, although the 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 quality of players are different, they're all training full time, so they have at least a basis there where they can they can kick on and and give it a good go. You know, it's very very difficult in an hour and a half on a Tuesday and an hour and a half on a Thursday to, to get teams to playing against uh playing against these these top top teams in our country, and it's a massive challenge. And we love the challenge, don't get me wrong. I love going to Linfield and I love playing against Lawrence and all that there. But you all know going into them games, it's going to be a really, really difficult, difficult day. And and you are probably, Michael, reliant on them having, a, having an off day and you having a really, really on day.
3: Brilliant insight. I really appreciate that. And it's certainly a conversation we can have, with you know, as, as time goes on on the programme. Last thing I want to ask you is, you know, we heard Dean paying compliments to you. Niall, Dean Smith, of course, I'm referring to the Lockall manager for yes. that's joined the programme late. When we all sat together in Annie United Social Club earlier this season for a bit of a catch-up, right. um, you said, look, I think lock-all are, are the team to beat in the championship, and so it's proven to be the case. Um, anything you want to say Absolutely.
4: to them? Listen, Michael, I, said, I, sent, a wee, I sent a wee video and all to to the club. Absolutely over the moon for so the club. I had I had unbelievable people. Don't realize I played actually 200 games, over 200 games for Lockall as a player, uh, before before I actually managed the club. So I'm I'm over the moon. I've still got a lot of wonderful wonderful friends out there, and and people that text me all the time, and and they're very supportive of of my role at at at, uh, at Portadown, obviously. And as I say, you know the likes of Neil Anderson, Jay Willis and Dean and and Andy Smith and and Nikki May, I know all them guys really really well. So. Listen, I'm I'm up to Trevor Park as well. I'm over the moon for them, you know. And, and as I say, it's going to be a great experience for them. And as I say, it's a they're a great club. They're 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 a village club, and as they're they're going to be they're going to love all that traffic coming into the middle of the village. That's for sure.
3: <laughs> Brilliant. It was the start that Dean said that when they train, that's like ten percent of the population of Lockall. <laughs> which which is really, it really put it into perspective yeah. for me. Uh, brilliant, <laughs> Cohen. Uh, Niall, fantastic having you on the show. Always a treat and good luck. A huge weekend ahead, a huge couple of weeks ahead for Portadown Football Club. So appreciate your time.
4: Brilliant, Michael. Much appreciated. Good to hear you, mate. The Score with Michael Clark. So let's turn our attention now on the
3: score to the Premier Intermediate League and Banger are Almost officially champions. They only need one more point for that to be so. And joining us on the programme is a man who has been in blistering form for them this campaign. Ben Arthurs. Ben, great to have you on The Score. Thanks for coming on.
0: Hey Michael, not a bother. Glad to be on, you know.
3: Well, tell us about this season of yours. Uh, you've been you've been really tearing it up. Um, yeah,
0: we do my best to put the ball in the net and... Um... That's, that's pretty much it. I, I sort of sat myself down at the the start of the year and thought I, I could do a lot better than I had done previous years and put a real focus on turning up every week with my head clear and just ready to play football. And Evidently it's it's worked pretty well. And um, I think I'm nearly on 30 goals for the season, so um, if you had offered me that at the start of the year as well as the Steelings, Suns as well as Bangor winning the league, 100%, I would have snatched at that. So um, and on reflection uh, great season all round you know
3: it's an incredible target. You also made it sound really easy. Just sat myself down and said, "I'm just going to score <laughs> loads of goals." Uh, I wish I could do that, Ben. Is there a secret recipe to the success here, or what?
0: <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I don't know what it was. To tell you, truth. I think maybe just had a few other distractions going on and stuff, and you know, maybe just get in there a wee bit. You get a bit comfortable playing football, and I think I needed just to get a bit of hunger. And obviously, I'm I'm young enough yet, but I think I just needed to get a bit of hunger back into myself, you know. Um, and it probably actually was brought on by. Uh, Lee Feeney and, and Graham Bailey, the chairman and manager, um, sitting me down and saying, "Look, we were disappointed with how you done last year," and and I completely agreed with them. So, um, I just didn't didn't mean to make it sound easy, but it just sort of,
2: just sort
0: of, really turned up every week, wanting to play football, ready to go, and probably put more of an emphasis on actually holding myself accountable for scoring goals. You know, usually, I was I would have thought I was a I do think I'm a I'm an unselfish player. And I was happy enough last season if we were winning and I wasn't scoring, but this year I wanted to make a point of it that I want to be scoring every week. Obviously I want to win, yes, but I wanted to be me getting the goals and um not just happy with with three points, but sorta of to get getting hunger as a as a striker, as a goal scorer, I think. Um it's it's probably brought me on that wee bit, you know.
3: I love hearing that level of accountability and the honesty between everybody you know between lee graham and yourself it's needed for success and you see that in successful people in general they just have that i don't know if ruthless is the right word but that sort of just absolute need to keep being better keep being better whatever it takes and i mean initially when someone's sitting you down saying look we were a bit disappointed with you did it did it hurt you in any way or were you like yeah do you know what you're right i have another level here well,
0: yeah, I could have took it thick, you know, because there's no doubt. Last year I was trying my best too, um, and yeah, I think I ended away about twenty goals last year and stuff, and obviously we came up short in, in the playoffs. So, um, there probably was a wee bit of, um, like, I don't know, you probably are a bit disappointed to hear, you know, them saying that, but at the same time, it was true, and when I when I thought about it, I agreed with. it. So I just took it on the chin. I'm pretty easy going, um, and agreed with them, and you know at the end of the day they were right looking at this season i've obviously exceeded um my, you know previous seasons form and that's me you know, with me being injured you know for a couple of months so i think i could have been um closer to maybe 35 40 goals um if really if i hadn't you know had a if I had a good run at the full season whereas i missed maybe a couple of months on my ankle ligaments there back in november but at the end of the day, it's still four games left, so I'm going to try and hit 35 goals. <laughs> you know, it's maybe it's maybe a bit of a reach, but you've got to you've got to think you're going to score every time you get on the pitch. You know, you have 90 minutes to do it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I answers your question there, but
3: yeah, absolutely, he no, um, absolutely did. He absolutely did. I'm thinking, uh, God help those poor defenders and goalkeepers in the remaining games <laughs> with you coming out and saying stuff like that. Looking at the league table, I mean. It's easy to to throw out superlatives on the radio and say, "Oh, someone's been brilliant and this team's been great." It's it's easy to say when you're top, but played twenty three, one twenty, drawn two, only lost once. You haven't even conceded ten goals. The the entire team have been phenomenal.
2: Yeah, I hundred
0: percent agree with that. Um, I don't really think we will have a weakness throughout the team uh, at all. Big James has come in there from Glenavon the and Ned's and. He's, he's been super. I, was, I think yeah we've conceded maybe one or two league uh, goals at home, and then as you say maybe six or seven away. That's it's pretty crazy uh, statistic. Um, obviously the defence allows that, and then I think we've scored a lot of goals too. Um, we're strong in midfield. I think just everyone's been been very good, and, and we have a. It's not even just the starting eleven that plays every week. Um, if boys need to, if boys are away on holidays, or if boys are injured, the other guys just come in and and. The, we just keep rolling, you know, it's, it has, I wouldn't say everything's been straightforward this season, but the boys have definitely worked hard to put ourselves in the best position. The managers keep us right, you know, the training has been very good. We work on a lot of different things. Um The game plans have been good. For example, um, you know, it's all good when we're playing at Clamney Boy there on, on a good pitch, a big wide pitch. You know, we like to play football, Um, but sometimes you're going away in the Irish Cup or you're going away in league to play on a grass pitch um, and, you know, winter conditions. And it's not a day to play football. And, and the management team identified those sort of games. And we we could have, we, you know, we basically went and played more direct against teams like that. You know, we didn't want to um pride ourselves and oh, we have to play from the back on, you know, in terrible marshy conditions. um. So, things like that there, I think, also contributed to winning, and I think the management team would even tell you that themselves. Maybe last year they wouldn't have made those decisions, they would have been encouraging us play from the back, play from the back, and it might have cost us, whereas we had the you know, with myself, playing up front there, um, we had the opportunity to go direct, or if I wasn't playing with Michael Holiday, you know, we we could mix it up well. Um, and then on the days it suited to play football, we were able to, to play through the lines, and you know, um, get goals that way, so really, the team's just been immense all year and I think we've proved that even in some of the, the bigger games when we've tested ourselves against um, Premiership opposition or um, the Crusaders game stands out, but I think maybe even
2: I'm back
0: when we played Cliftonville maybe earlier in the year too, mm-hmm. uh, we drew nil each and, and a kick of the ball, we could have been into the next round of the County under Shield. so yeah, I think we're ready to go up. We're definitely ready to go up this year. We've had a couple of attempts there previously that we probably underachieved. And, and this year, we didn't want to leave it up for any debate. We just went out and, and uh, stormed the league. So, and again, I know we haven't won it yet with 1.4 games. It's what we need. So, hopefully, the sooner we can get that, the better, to, to just clear our minds of that. But um, I think we're definitely ready to go up.
3: Were those games... The Cliftonville match, the Crusaders match you pointed out too and, you know, when you think about it, playing Cliftonville and going all the way to penalties, even if you were beaten in the end, Crusaders beaten by one goal in a a really, really good home performance and um, I was at that game, worked at it. Uh, You took your goal very well. But do those matches give you the the confidence that, look, we're not just having a good Premier Intermediate League season, we're we're actually a good team?
0: Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't... um... I know those. I'm pretty realistic in the way that I know those are one-off games. For example, I I sort of, I think the time we played Cliftonville, I don't think it was their full-strength eleven. But even at that, uh, any eleven from Cliftonville is going to be a top, top side. Um, And then the Crusaders game, yes, that was a, I think a full-strength Crusaders team, um, and we held our own in both games. You know, but the thing about it is, I I don't, I'm not going to come on and say that we're at that level yet because you know that's us turning up, getting really hyped up for one game and obviously, you know, um, it wasn't a fluke either that we, we made a game of it. We, I do fancy this is a good team but um, it would be interesting, you know, next year going into the championship, we're going to be playing against better opposition than we did this year and we're going to have to turn up every week, you know, and be ready to play. We've got to be consistent. We've got to be consistently a good team. Um, this year in our league, I do think um, we we were the best in the league, no doubt. Um. So, But also, I think going up into the championship, um, I think we can give any team a game in the championship, and uh, you know there wouldn't be a team I'd be fearing. I think we could win, you know, like I say, every week. But you know, you're going—that's why you're going to have to turn up and think. We're not going to want to go up and just want to um, think. Oh, first year in the championship, we're going to avoid relegation. We're going to go up there and we're going to give it a crack and see how it goes on. It's not a league I know a whole lot about, but um, I definitely think with the the squad we have there at the minute. And I'm sure, as every uh, team does in the summer, we're going to, the management team are probably going to try and bring in a few boys. Um, I think we'll be going up there and going up and competing well.
3: Is there a friendly level of competition between you and Adam Neill? Because any time I look and check the score, it's usually your name or his or both that feature.
2: Um <laughs>
0: There's no, there's not, um, it's not talked about a whole lot, but there's definitely I would say, <laughs> deep down within me and deep down within Adam, we're probably looking at it going, "Flip, he scored again," or, but at the end of the day, when we're out there, he's looking for me, I'm looking for him. When he scores, you know, we're all, and I score, we're we're obviously both happy, you know, as long as the team's winning. But there's no doubt him coming in, um, and he, he's he's a goal machine as well. There, I would, you know, he missed a few games. He was at draft in the start of the year, so it maybe would be that bit closer. Um, you know, in for, in the banger standards, I think of five ahead of him, but I've maybe played more games this year. I don't know that, you know, on that end, most it, times it, Adam was on the field he scores, and it's good that we're doing it together with, um, I think with over 50 goals but combined, so I would say that's a sign of a good strike partnership, and uh, long may it continue, because i um, really enjoying playing off-front with and yes, there is that competition there, but um, at the end of the day it's a, it's a team game and there's no point in uh, scoring loads of goals and, and hoping someone else doesn't score you know um, not sure if that makes a whole lot of sense but there's there's definitely a, there's definitely a level of
2: competition no um,
3: you mentioned Michael Halliday um What's he like? I mean, the, to be honest, I remember earlier this year speaking to Michael O'Neill, who was a former teammate of Michael Halliday's, and he couldn't believe he was still playing. <laughs> I was saying, <laughs> yeah, international call up, Michael, you know, you always need a striker. Your old mate Halliday's still knocking about. Um, what's it like being uh, being a, a teammate of his? Because it, it is genuinely incredible the career that he's had and the fact that in his 40s, I'll not be as indelicate as to say exactly what age he is, but the yeah, fact that he's yeah. still going, I've no idea how he finds the energy.
0: I don't know how he does it because sometimes I feel flipping, uh sort of worn out or after training and matches and stuff and I'm 24 and he's, again I'll not give away too much but he's <laughs> he's a bit older than me um, but no speaking of Michael, he, he joined Banger maybe a month or two after I did now, that must be four or five years ago now and I couldn't speak highly enough of Michael he's, he's actually a very good friend of mine you know. Um, with a lot of the same interests um, he's been nothing but good to me since he's been at Banger obviously I was there maybe when I was 18, 19 and alongside him in a lot of games over the years. Um, he's just a top pro. He's um, he, he's unreal, you know. He's never done winding me up and getting me stuck. I don't know if you maybe know him or,
4: or oh, most people I'm sure yeah, that know yeah. him will know that
0: he's he's the biggest messer. About. <laughs> he's never done messing. There's not a day he turns up and he doesn't mess about and wind up and he's always angling at something, you know. But um, I don't know how he keeps going. But fair play to him. And... Uh, yeah, he's, he's just top man, Michael. Well, well, there's he's definitely, there, definitely taught me a lot over the years.
3: I was going to say there is maybe the secret to it—the fact that he still just deep down enjoys it. Um, you know, yeah. you, you can you can overcomplicate life sometimes. Going, what's it all mean? But do you enjoy it? If you do, try and do it as long as you can.
2: Yeah, hundred um, percent. I know it. But, uh, Michael would love to be playing ninety minutes every week. He would, we would love two games a week. Um, there's there's no limitation on him, but I know it, you know when he's not in the team he's he's very frustrated. But when he's in the team, it's, there's nothing else he would rather be doing. And he even he wouldn't turn up and gurn about having to train and stuff. He he loves training too. So obviously he's just got real passion for playing football and and being about dressing room and the crack and stuff like that. So um, that's obviously what's kept him going, you know.
3: And I'm not trying to embarrass you because I, I know you're I know you're good friends with him. But is he someone you would say? Look, can I get a bit of advice on something? Did, does he give you pointers in terms of your, your playing and, and how to get goals? Because obviously uh, that was his bread and butter for such a long time.
2: He probably not. Yeah, he definitely has over the years. And you know, I wouldn't have the greatest memory, but he definitely has, no doubt, since I've been a banger. More so nowadays. I, I don't get that many coaching points from him, but maybe he's went over all the... What he's needed to teach me, but there's there's no doubt if I I would ask him questions, and, and also I yeah, just look at the guidance in general. You know, he's, he's a top man, as I said, and he's a top footballer um, for what, 20, 25 years in, in this country. So, um definitely someone that I would I value his opinion on
3: the guidance of. It's the dub this weekend away to Queen's University. Um, what would it mean to you if you could get it done now, and then the chance of a, a trophy presentation in your next home game?
2: Yeah, it'd be great. Um, we well, were hoping we had that last week there. With <laughs> volume of cash won, um, look, we're, there's no huge pressure on us. We haven't felt that um, the last little weeks. There's no tension in the dressing room or anything. You know, to get over the line. But we're hoping we can go to Queen's this week. And let's, let's be honest, we go out every game. Trying to win for Bangor Football Club, we're not going there. Going, we're going to hold on for a draw. Queens are a good side. There's no doubt about that. We um, drew them one each a couple of weeks ago, but we we back ourselves and, and we're hoping that yes, we don't get me wrong, I would take one in the title this week. But we're hoping to go there, get a win, and yes, Tuesday night in the it would be nice for you know, and stuff. Um, for us to be coming there, league champion, um, it, it would be really good. I, I know there's a lot of people in the club, but. Uh, follow Banger week in, week out. of followed them the last lot of years, you know, as they went down the level, stuff that they definitely deserve. The real good support around the club. Uh, and even, you know, everyone around the club, just the volunteers, the board members, players, management, everyone deserves it. And we've worked hard to get there. So we're, hopefully um, we can get things done on Saturday and start to enjoy the running, you know.
3: Well, it'll be interesting to see what mood you're in Saturday because I know you're coming to the Northern Ireland Football Awards, glitz and glamour. You're nominated for PIL Player of the Year. Um, you, you'll be hoping it's just a winning Saturday all round.
2: Yeah, well, it'll be business as usual during the day, and then uh, I'll sort of let loose after the game. But I'll be I'll be coming in Saturday focused, and then I'll be looking forward to to getting suited up and, and going to the awards, you know.
3: Yeah. Is it James Bond? Is it Ben Arthur's? We'll never know. <laughs> ben, ben, great to have you on the programme and congratulations on a fantastic season. So well done to yourself and to Banger. Thanks. All the best.
4: The Score with Michael Clark.
3: I we'll have to get Ben back on. Brilliant to hear from him. And just a little footnote to say, it'll actually be next Saturday that Banger are presented their trophy. If they indeed have won it by then, they just need that single point. So it'll be the home game against Balamacash Rangers where that takes place, not the midweek game. We are out of time. Incredible. A a huge weekend. I, as I said at the beginning, I'm heading to Lorne shortly, down to see them be presented with the Gibson Cup for the first time in their history. I'm sure there will be some atmosphere. Linfield looking to solidify their place in European football next season they need two points from their final two games or for Glen to drop points so they're in a strong position but certainly not easy matches they'll be hoping that Larne have maybe taken their eyes off uh, matters on the pitch with all the celebrations going on and can make their lives a little easier it should be a very entertaining game nonetheless but that is where I'll be and we've heard from Niall Curry we know We know just how vital that match at Stangmore Park is going to be. It could be the relegation of Portadown. If Dungannon Swift's win, it will be the relegation of Portadown. A draw takes us into the final weekend. Even a win for Portadown does, but it would lift them off the bottom of the table for the first time in what feels like an eternity. So huge ramifications there. And uh, of course our other guest was Dean Smith and, well, a bit like Larne, They're, I'm not going to say on the beach, but they're very much feeling relaxed about matters now. And that's what you get when you wrap up a title. You're allowed to feel a bit more relaxed about things. Isn't it great to hear that Lakeview will be the venue for those Premiership home games for the Villagers next season? But here, let's head on into the sunset, shall we? I'll be back next week to do it all again. But until then, all that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye bye.